0: Welcome to Not So Aloni, the show where I, Aloni, hang out with a friend, and together we make stuff. This week, yet again, I am by myself to work on an idea that I am very passionate about. Over the last month, I have had on my main channel a bunch of essays trying to explain the unexplainable series known as Kingdom Hearts. It has been interesting. I've decided to see what stories I can come up with in that universe. Enjoy. So let's just jump into this and really figure this stuff out. In my mind, if you want to adapt Kingdom Hearts, there's sort of four options you can go for. And I kind of want to explore each one and see which one would be the most interesting to write for the bonus episode coming up. The first one is the simplest idea. Take the game Kingdom Hearts, all the games, You break them into season arcs, not even full seasons, but just arcs, and you turn it into a straight-up in anime. I mean, that's already what it is. It's an anime, and then it has Disney characters in it already. So all you'd really have to do to make it a show to watch is just turn it into an anime. You'd center the show around Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and they would be searching for Riku and Kairi in the first season, and the way it would work is you would jump between Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and then throughout the series, you would jump over to Riku and see what he's doing. And I guess to Kairi, and you'd have to bump Kairi's character up a lot, because Kairi is very basic. I think it would be a really good shonen because Sora's got that real shonen protagonist energy, where he's kind of a flat-art character that doesn't really grow or change, and he gets that sort of dark side when Roxas, you know, becomes a part of him again. But Riku is the, like, angsty rival, and it, like, all perfectly works out as sort of a uh, shonen. The Heartless attack them in the beginning, and it's all confusing. They grow up on the island together. You get the pilot of them all on the island. Sora and Riku fighting with swords. They're racing. You get the rivalry. Uh, You may even can play up the, you know, they're all kids, so they're all sort of um, friends in the beginning. And it's all like, oh, we're gonna make it. And then, you know, jump forward, and it's like, oh, shit. You could do it season by season and do game by game, or you could time skip and go to them being older. But for the most part, with the sort of story of Kingdom Hearts, you'd just break it by game and that's each arc. So if it was an anime, you would have Sora, Riku, and Kairi are friends, they all live together on this island. We introduce each character, how Riku is the strong, you know, angsty rival, who's the older one. Sora is the young, innocent, sort of like, heroic, courage-filled kid, who doesn't really understand anything. And then Kyrie is, like, the wise sort of one. Like, you'd have to play her up because her main thing in the regular game is to just sort of be an object. And it's kind of depressing. So you'd have to play up her whole royal vibe. I think she's actually a good character on the surface, like, when she talks and when she acts and when she does things. But they don't give her anything to do. And they fix it in the later games with Aqua. And I almost wish they'd just do Aqua, fucking Ventus, and Terra. Because the three of them are way better characters. And they kind of took the ideas they had with the first three and just made them better. But let's just say you're stuck with Sora and all of them. And it's pretty easy to do. You just do each arc is a different game of Kingdom Hearts. And then if you want to make it more interesting, you can skip entire arcs and just do the main three games. Or you could do each individual arc as sort of OVAs. It's really up to you. I think you would do it. Kingdom Hearts 1, then you'd do Chain of Memories as its own arc, because it's very interesting to go back through all the worlds before, but it's all confusing, and he's, like, running through a tower, and then, like, Riku's chasing him. And you're like, oh, shit, how did Riku get out of the Land of Darkness? But then it turns out it's not him. It's a clone. Where's Kairi and all this, you know? Um, and you can get Nominee in the organization and sort of introduce each of them as these sort of bad anti-hero characters especially with axel being like the stand-in for like the good one and that's all very interesting and i think you would do what the game collections do which is you would skip 358 over 2 and 358 over 2 would be an ova like a three-part ova where you just go and you see sora and axel and zion's life as zion roxas and axel just sort of kill heartless and roxas is all angsty and trying to figure out what's going on and I think that would be a good like a good hour and a half three parter and it already is a movie so there isn't really much you have to do maybe shoot it up a little bit then King Hearts 2 would be an arc and you'd get Sora waking up, and the whole Roxas summer vacation story, which is really fucking dark and a cool intro for, us, for a for you know a third season. It changes everything up It adds the nobodies. It's like perfect for like the third season. Then you would go in and you would do the mid season break of like oh shit they got all they got to go back to all the worlds again because the organization is doing stuff. Then they go to the world that never was. They fight against Zemnis. It's all cool. We find out that you know the whole Riku angst like is he the bad guy shit. After all of that you would get the Birth by Sleep prequel. So you do the Birth by Sleep story, which is my favorite, and how they are, like, way better than the original characters and that they would go through all the classic worlds and then find Sora and Riku and Ventus would almost die and then Sora's soul would merge with his to help him live and that's why Roxas exists and it's all the complicated shit of all that. Aqua would get trapped in the land of darkness and then you would do the Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop sort of OVA. I don't think Dream Drop needs to be its own story but you know what it does have plot related shit in it so maybe it would be a good like Inception type thing because that's what Dream Drop is. Clearly Nomura just saw Inception and was like oh Oh, let's do that because basically the whole plot of that game is that Riku and Sora need to take their mark of mastery exam like how the birth by sleep kids did and they're try- trying to become keyblade masters. And in order to do that, they have to go into the sleeping worlds, all the worlds that have been destroyed by the Heartless, and they need to fix them. In the end, it is revealed that, you know, uh, Xehanort has been time-traveling and shit, and it kind of makes everything weird, but it sets up Kingdom Hearts 3 and the idea that, well, since Organization 13 is gone, what do we do now? And it's like, oh, because it's all the- it's thirteen Xehanort type things. It's like Xehanort, and then a bunch of the people that he brought back with time travel. So you can get all kinds of weird villains from all over the timeline for the last season, which is Kingdom Hearts 3. And then when it's all over, you get the whole Mark Hamill. I wish Leonard Nimoy was still alive to be Zanor, but they didn't do that. Two of them would, you know, act, and then you'd get the whole finale of how Kingdom Hearts 3 went. And you'd basically do the entire game, like all the games, but as seasonal arcs, like how Castlevania does it, where they just do, you know, an adaption with an- so an- sort of anime tropes and it would be really fucking good. So there isn't really much to write with that, that took me like 10 minutes. Which is why I have four ideas to work on. So, the Kingdom Hearts anime, the shonen, pretty fucking simple. The second thing I would want to do is, I would definitely want to do a prequel, but if you can't do that, then you could go even farther back, and you could just make up new Keyblade Masters. And do before the war. And just set up a new villain instead of Xehanort. Because you could still get the Master of Masters in there. Really thinking about that, I don't know if a prequel would be all that much more interesting. Because they have the Unversed, but they don't really have the Heartless or the Nobodies. And it kind of pulls away a lot of the fun of the cool shit. And there really isn't much to do with all that. There is the cool-ass Keyblade War. You could probably play with that in sort of a prequel. But I don't think that would work all that much, you know? You could do a Kingdom Hearts sequel. Which would be really interesting. I feel like I'm probably going to end up exploring that. And I want to... I kind of want to do a Kingdom Hearts live action. How would you do that? Because Kingdom Hearts is clearly an anime. So it'd be kind of against type to like go and do a full live action thing. But what would that be like, you know? Would that be good? Would it even be worth it? Because whenever someone makes animation, there's an old animation rule you learned in animation training. That... You have to know whether or not you should do an animation before you make it. Why should this be animated is a big question. And I feel like live action people never are taught to ask the question, should this be live action? The answer is no, it shouldn't be live action. But it would be fun to be like, oh, what if it was though? My thing with Kingdom Hearts is, yeah, you could do a fun shonen show that's, like, for teenagers and then, like, you know, adults could go back and watch it nostalgically and it'd do pretty well. You could even, you know, weaken it and make it shittier and do it for kids, like, full-on kids, and you could do the prequel where it's, like, kids in, like, really old Disney cartoons, but I don't think that's very fun. What's the most fun idea to work with? And it feels like for me, aside from writing like a Kingdom Hearts anime opening, which if I had the time, I would. But instead of doing that, what could I do to create my own Kingdom Hearts? That's usually how these writing things work, right? Is I take an idea and then I'm like, what if I did that? So that's enough of the, like, it's almost like I just did a recap for you, because that's what the anime is. It's just, hey, here's everything, that's what the show would be. I feel fairly confident that I could actually make Kingdom Hearts the anime, because I know the story inside and out which I still don't understand how nobody understands this story. They always overcomplicate it. They're like, oh, it's so complicated. You got nobodies, and then there's Heartless, and then there's, there's Unversed too? I didn't know that. It's fucking simple, okay? I, I took like, you know, an entire month to try to explain it, but if I really had to simplify it into like a paragraph, all of Kingdom Hearts is about there's an, an ultimate darkness that's gonna fill the world, like the dark side, and it's gonna eat everything. All the shadows in the world are gonna come to life, and they're gonna rip your heart out of your chest, rip your soul out, and eat it and then you are gonna become one of them and when they rip your soul out your soul comes together and makes a heartless and your body stays a shell if you're strong enough and becomes a nobody and the two of them go around doing shit while you're dead and if both of them die you come back that's all it is that's all kingdom hearts is is that and then there's a bad guy his name's xehanort he's from the past he's from the prequels It was played by Leonard Nimoy. He uh, becomes a heartless at one point, then his nobody also does a bunch of crazy shit, they kill both of those, then he comes back as an old man again, and then he discovers time travel, goes back in time, gives himself time travel, and then you fight all the different versions of him in the finale. It's not that complicated if you don't think about it. People get caught up in the minutia of the details. But really all the plot of Kingdom Hearts is, is like three groups of three kids fight a bunch of fucking dark things. Each game is about three different kids who fight a bunch of dark things. They got swords, their keys. They unlock the worlds, they lock the worlds. I know the more I try to explain how Kingdom Hearts isn't hard to understand, the harder it is to understand, but it is easy to understand. I feel like fucking Heindal, where I see all and no one else sees it, and I'm like, dude, come on. Whatever. There's other people who understand Kingdom Hearts. I'm not the only one who gets it. I can't be. I can't be the only person that understands this story. I gotta say, though, if you call yourself a writer or a storyteller, and you can't understand Kingdom Hearts by just playing the games, then you're not a good Storytelling, because you should be able to understand this shit. It's pretty fucking simple if you just play through it all. But anyway, I don't know. So I'm going to make my own kingdom hearts. So how would I do that? This is going to take a while now. This is part of the podcast where the podcast slows the fuck down and I have to figure shit out. So let's... I'm going to go to Google Translate. Okay, the first thing you need to do to create your own Kingdom Hearts story is you need a new trio. You need three characters who are friends, who are important. Two guys and a girl. That's how it goes. That's what Nomura came up with. It has weird results and doesn't really work all the time. It only really worked in two out of the three cases. Sora, Riku, and Kairi are cool characters over time, and we've grown nostalgic of them. But compared to the other trios, they're not the best one. The best one is Aqua, Ventus, and Terra because they're all older Terra is way older Aqua is a lot smarter and sort of like the teacher of the group and then Ventus is like the dumb little brother so it works and they definitely feel more familial and there's less like shipping between them the trio should be friends they shouldn't be loved and I think Namora tried to imply that when Riku was like you should eat the fruit with Kyrie and then Sora was like ah, I don't want it but it's clear that in Kingdom Hearts Sora and Kyrie were supposed to get together but Namora doesn't understand relationships ships, I guess, and it just doesn't work. So then the fans, a lot of fans shipped Riku and Sora because they were teenagers, and that's what teenagers do when there's a ship, and the male female lead sucks, they make a male male lead in a hope. But I actually think that there's no relationship in any of them, and I think that the same exact thing kind of happened with Roxas, Zion, and Axel, and it shouldn't have either. And I think it's a little bit more ridiculous because Axel and and Roxas are clearly different ages, like very very large gap. It's not like Sora and Rika where it's like a two year gap. It's weird to ship any of them because they're all young and I know we were all teenagers when we did that but like it's weird. It is weird. Um, But I think Ventus, Aqua and Terra are the best ones 100% because they one have the easiest setup. Two there's no question of what their backstories are. Like Sora's mom fucking says Sora like calls for Sora after he runs away and then he's gone until he's like 17 years old. What the fuck was that like when he comes home? He doesn't even go home. He disintegrates. So what the fuck does his mom do all of his friends show up on the island and she's like oh yeah did she forget him during the entire year where he was gone where everybody started forgetting him did his mom forget him what the fuck what happened to Sora's mom that's my question that it bothers me every night they didn't have to have her ask for him it could have been like a Peter Pan type island so unrelated to the whole Sora's mom thing and the which trio is better thing the key here is that there's three kids two dudes and a girl Okay, so to keep to the naming convention, let's come up with three characters for Kingdom Hearts. Now, in the trio, they always have the same three sort of names. Except for the Axel, Zion, and Roxas one, which is just confusing and odd. They just added an axe into a bunch of random names. Like, Lee has nothing to do with any of that shit. They didn't really stick to the naming convention for them. The way they name the Kingdom Hearts Trio, or the way Nomura did it, is he does Sora means sky, Kairi means water, and Riku means land, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what those mean. Then, in the prequel trilogy, he does wind for Ventus, he does water for Aqua, obviously, and he does Earth for Terra, also obviously. So, in creating this sort of, uh name convention thing. What kind of vibe are we going for? Before we name the trilogy, what, what time period is this gonna take place in? Because in Kingdom Hearts, there's sort of three. There's the prequel times with Birth By Sleep. There's before that in the, like, long time ago ancient times, which is like Union Cross and all that weird shit. And then there's also, I guess you could say, the time after Kingdom Hearts. Now let's just first say off, we're not doing at the same time as Kingdom Hearts, that's ridiculous. I don't think just doing Sora, Roxas, and Kyrie in live action would work because it's too much shit that you have to change and you don't want to change the actual characters. The key of a good live action adaptation is to do the same thing but different. It's like writing a sequel where you're in the same universe but all the characters are different. I think that's the best way to do it because I think when you try to adapt the individual character the first time it's gonna be bad no matter what you do. So you might as well do something new with it rather than do the original. So the question is, what time period? Now, as much as it is tempting to do the ancient times, I think it's a trap. I think the Keyblade War is cool, but I think it's cooler because you don't know what it was. Because there's just a graveyard with Keyblades. That image is cooler than a battle of Keyblades. I don't care what anyone says. If you go to the battle, it's not as cool as if you went to what's left of the battle. And clearly we're gonna go to the Keyblade Graveyard. Like, no shit. So, if I were to do Kingdom Hearts, what language should I make the names in? Let's see. You know what, instead of going into Google Translate like most people do, I'm gonna go to a thesaurus. Ooh, Gale is a good name. Ooh, Zephyr. Zephyr could be cool. All right, after much deliberation, way too much deliberation to admit, like way too long, I have found three names for these characters. Our Sora stand-in, our representation of Sky, the more innocent one, the kid-brother one, is Gale, as in, Wind. The strong and angsty one, based on Riku, the more down-to-earth and powerful one, is going to be called Ash. I couldn't find another name for Earth that wasn't already taken in Kingdom Hearts. And the last one, the cooler Kairi, not as cool Aqua, is gonna be Bryn. Now, I couldn't find a nautical name that really worked, so I chose Brine and changed it to Brynn. It's kind of loose, but you know, who cares about these naming conventions anyway? But I think Brynn is a really good name for a sort of kyrie esque character who isn't as shitty as Kyrie is. I'd say an Aqua-esque character. So we have our characters. There's Ash, Gale, and Brynn. Let's go through. The various questions I have that help me come up with a story. First thing we're going to ask is where do we start? Now, Ash, Gale, and Brynn are the trio. So we need them to all be friends together, living together. And they need to have a common goal, and then something bad needs to happen to them. So in this sort of first act, where would be a cool place in the Kingdom Hearts universe for all of them to live? Now at first I thought we should put them in the ruins of the kingdom hearts place from birth by sleep and they're like training there then i thought twilight town would be cool but that shit's been taken i don't want to put them on a random island in the middle of nowhere i want them to be in a city of some sorts i want it to be very different from the standard kingdom hearts vibe and i was thinking about it and i was like what is a city that we haven't seen a lot of and that i would love to see what happened to it To really solidify the idea that this is going to be a sequel, that this is after Kingdom Hearts, we should set it in Hollow Bastion. Because in Kingdom Hearts, if you don't know, there's a place called Hollow Bastion. It used to be called a place called Radiant Garden, and then it was destroyed, and it was turned into Maleficent's sort of clockwork castle, where she keeps all her power in the first Kingdom Hearts. It was used to cause the Kingdom Hearts to open for a minute, and for Riku to be trapped in the Dark Realm then in kingdom arts 2 it gets turned back into radiant garden at the end where it's still kind of destroyed but they've fixed it up and in kingdom arts 3 you don't go there it's the final fantasy place so why not have the final fantasy characters be from there if it's now been reclaimed you immediately get the nostalgia of them so i'm thinking if it's a sequel we're gonna start it in hollow bastion the new hollow bastion so to answer the first question where do we start In the city of Radiant Garden, Gale, Ash, and Bryn. Now, what do we want them to be doing? What is their goal? And how are they going to be connected to the original? Now, I think the best in all of the trio's sort of entrance is having them be Keyblade Masters in training. But I want to go further than that. You got to remember this whole idea here is to come up with an idea that's difficult. It would be easy to just say, ah, oh, they're Keyblade Masters, and then uh, the dark, the Heartless Attack, and they all, all the characters they care about die. Like, you could do the classic shitty reboot TV show, which would just be, okay, it's Riku and Kairi and Sora, and they're the teachers at the new school of Keyblades, at the new Keyblade Masters, and they're training everybody, and you have Axel there too, and like all the old characters, the seven heroes, are all holding their Keyblades and they're training all these new students and these three are the new trio and they tell them that they're important and that they need to do everything and then they all die And the new heroes have to go out, and Sora and the other six, like, heroes are all sucked into darkness, and they're all like, oh shit, we need to go, run, and then they all fucking explode, and then they find out, oh, Xehanort's back, we gotta go get him, you know? That's all boring. Or, ooh, it's the child of Xehanort, ooh. Like, this is all hacky. Let's do something crazy. This is imaginary after all, right? Like, the entire point of this show is to do shit nobody else would do. I mean, I did the sequel to Avatar and I was like, ooh, they're all a rock band. Like, something that's weird but interesting. That's the goal in any sort of creative endeavor is to not do what someone already did. It's to do something no one would do and make them think, oh, that's crazy. How did that work? So, how would a live-action sequel of Kingdom Hearts work where I don't over include the past and i try to start fresh now i'm not saying i'm not going to include some fucking hints to the original and i still want riku in this like i'm putting riku in this i know that's easy but i'm doing it so to do a sort of live action sort of disney thing which already sounds bad live action disney is bad okay i want bryn ash and gail to be normal kids I want this to be a fish out of water, they are normal kids Because Kingdom Hearts 1 was very much, oh these are just kids living on an island, they want to leave and explore the world. That was their goal. I think these kids should be completely normal, and they should be pushed into this situation by gaining Keyblades. I think the idea of suddenly there's a sword in your hand and you have all this responsibility is really interesting and fun to play with in sort of a movie sense. Because if we're going to do this as a movie, because of course we are, because it's going to be impossible to write it as a TV show, and I really don't think I should do that. Maybe I could, Hmm. Have I written a narrative TV show yet on this podcast? I don't think I have. I think so far we've done, on like the solo ones, I've done a couple of things, but I haven't done like a narrative TV show. And by narrative TV show, I mean, like, the super deep and dark, like, live-action series where, like, shit gets crazy every season, and it's, like, all about the mystery. You know what I mean? Okay. Gale, Ash, and Brynn are three Final Fantasy-esque characters in sort of a live-action state. They just wear, you know... They wear basically normal clothes, but they have, like, buckles, and they have a couple of extra zippers, you know? It's that sort of, uh, punky, clockworky... It's not steampunk. It's not fantasy... It's like, I don't know how to describe the Final Fantasy style. It's like goth. To the extreme, maybe? It's like scene kids on, like, crack. It's like high-level scene kid. So there's these three people in their late teens, maybe early 20s, if you want to push it. They're living in this city. It's called Radiant Garden. There's ice all around, and then there's, like, cool-ass trains and, like, clockwork and stuff. And they're just living their normal lives. And in the process of living their normal lives in this sort of safe haven of this small neighborhood they all live in, they notice something in the distance. Some kind of dark creature. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And they're kind of living their lives and they're terrified of this like weird thing They saw and they're not sure if it was real or not then they're sort of warned that something's coming Maybe in a dream you keep it real dream like because that's how Kingdom Hearts always starts You definitely start it in that cool ass Kingdom Hearts dream where they're like floating through the water and then they like fall Down onto the big circle glass with the you know glass panes with each of their faces sort of etched into the stained glass They see a heartless and they hear a voice in their head and the voice is like they're the heartless, They're, they, they are soulless creatures. And like to really explain heartless and nobodies in a really quick succession, this is how I would explain it visually. You're on a stained glass circle picture of yourself and your friends. Your shadow comes to life and it attacks you. It beats you. you fall out of your body and you watch your body change into two more people, maybe. Man, it is hard to figure out a visual metaphor. You know what, you would see your friend die and switch rip in half. Maybe your mentor. You know what, since Kingdom Hearts never fucking talks about somebody's parents, I'm gonna say fuck it. I'm gonna say, you know what, we're gonna go with the parents. And to add even a little bit more nostalgia, let's say Leon and Yuffie have a kid. That would be interesting. That Gale is Leon and Yuffie's kid. Because I could totally see them making their kid's name Gale. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Because the cool thing is that They know everything about Kingdom Hearts, they're the lore explainers, right? But they also don't have Keyblades. So they're like the only characters in the story you can take who if they... Yeah, I'd rather do them than Cloud because I think Cloud is way too on the nose. You don't want Cloud and Aerith to have a baby and that be a whole thing. I mean, maybe that could be the angsty. You know what? What if all three of these kids are like the kids of the Final Fantasy characters? Cause I think that'd be pretty cool. Cause that'd be real, real like uh, fan service, right? Cause like, imagine you go to the movies and like, you're like, all right, I'm gonna go watch the Kingdom Hearts movie. This is gonna be lame. This is gonna be Disney crap and it's going to be terrible, and they're not going to do anything with the Final Fantasy characters, and then immediately you see a title, and it's like Kingdom Hearts, and like right at the beginning it says Radiant Garden, and you're like, oh fuck, they're like doing it. All right, having gone back and done my research to try to figure out who these characters' parents are, I've decided that these are the Final Fantasy couples that are going to have kids. Now, I don't know shit about Final Fantasy. I've played the games. I was actually a really big Nine fan growing up, so Seven and Eight really mean nothing to me, which is really ironic because Nine is the one that gets the most ignored only one of the characters from final fantasy 9 is in kingdom hearts and they don't really have that big of a part but anyway so i did some research online very cursory and i'm sure final fantasy fans will argue about this if this thing ever got made which I, is impossible to have been made but there are three couples that exist in the kingdom hearts story so i'm gonna make them they're male female couples sorry i, I want them to be you know sephiroth and cloud having a baby would be fun but it doesn't really make a lot of sense physically. And just because we want them to be together doesn't mean they're gonna be, you know? So, all right. So there's one character that hasn't been shown in Kingdom Hearts from Final Fantasy VIII that's kind of important, and it's Renoa. Renoa Hartley, who clearly should have been in Kingdom Hearts. Her name is fucking Hartley, but she wasn't in Kingdom Hearts, and I think that's a travesty. So I'm going to put her as the center point of this movie in the beginning. I think Final Fantasy VIII fans will lose their shit when they see this old like, you know, middle-aged Riona, like, talking to her son before she dies, I think that'll fucking, people will lose their shit. Like, not even Kingdom Hearts fans are gonna know who she is. That's the thing that I love, is that it's, like, so niche that even Kingdom Hearts fans don't know who she is, because I didn't know who she was. And reading up on her, it's interesting, and the fact that Nomura made her, and he likes her as a character, means that she would be perfect as, like, an add-in in this, because if you're gonna do an adaption, you should add to the source material. So, Rinoa Hartley and Squad while Leon Hart had a son named Gale. Gale is the main character of this story. You know what? Fuck all that. Why should the main character be a male? It's about fucking time we get a main female character. I mean, Aqua almost got to be a main female character, but she was alongside two male characters, and then she did get to be the female lead in, you know, 2.9. But do we do the girl as the main character or the guy? Let me, let me search, look something up. Okay, I know I'm getting caught up on the names of all this stuff, but I was looking into it more, and I think I've figured out how the three characters are going to work here. Gale is the daughter of Rinoa Hartley and Squall Leonhardt. She's going to be the main character of the story. She has two friends, Brynn, who is the child of Tifa and Cloud. I know that pisses a lot of people off because Aerith is still alive, but that's how's it be. Aerith and Zack have a kid named Ash. The three of them are close friends who all live in Radiant Garden. They kind of briefly know about Keyblades and the Heartless and the Nobodies and how they're all interacting, but only as much as their parents told them. In the beginning of our story, Gale is sleeping in her room, and she has a dream. This dream shows her flying through the skies, and eventually falling deep into the water and drowning under the water. She then flies through the water, and floats down to a stained glass circle with pictures of her, her friends, her mother, and her father. The stained glass cracks around her father and behind her is an image of her mother. Her mother stands behind her, looking at her, and she says, I wish we would have told you more about our past. I wish we would have prepared you for this. In that moment, she stares at her daughter and she asks her, Choose one. Three weapons appear. One is a staff, one is a sword, and one is a shield. Gale picks one. I don't know which one yet. I think I'm gonna have her pick the sword because I always pick the sword in Kingdom Hearts. I'm sure it's a bad idea. I'm sure it actually completely fucking changes the game. But I always pick the sword. Gale grabs the sword and walks up to her mother. And she asks her, Is this a dream? Is this real? Her mother looks at her and says, Does it matter? suddenly a dark shadow appears behind her mother and pulls her soul out of her body her mother then splits into two people one made of darkness and one a shallow husk of a person with no heart the shadow one stares at her and says i am heartless the silver empty one looks at her and says i am nobody they both say in unison open the door suddenly Gale wakes up covered in sweat, confused as fuck. As the audience who doesn't watch Kingdom Hearts is confused, and the Kingdom Hearts fans are like, holy shit. And the Final Fantasy fans are like, was that Renoa from Final Fantasy VII? Immediately after this, it cuts to her speaking to her friend, Bryn. Now, I'm not gonna decide a gender on Bryn, you can decide it yourself. They're androgynous, and they could be a female, they could be a male, who knows. But all I know is, they're gonna be the love interest. But I think we're going to have a love triangle thing going on. Because why not? There's three of them. That's how it goes in Kingdom Hearts. Bryn is the child of Tifa and Cloud. And they and Gale are great friends. And the two of them are talking while they walk through the alleyways of Radiant Garden. As they're walking together, they're going to talk about the dream. And about how maybe it means this, maybe it means that. Maybe it's connected to those stories our parents used to talk about. During this conversation, they meet up with Ash, the cool bad boy of the group. Ash is the son of Aerith and Zack. Maybe the coolest combo in all of Final Fantasy. It's definitely the angstiest, and it'll definitely piss the most people off. He's the son of both of them, and he's the new Riku. He's badass as fuck. That's his whole thing. He's angsty and badass. The three of them meet up, and they sit on a stoop and look out at the city over a hill. We can get sort of a Twilight Town clock tower vibe, but they're not actually on a full-on tower, they're just hanging out on a stoop looking over a large hill. The three of them begin to talk, and we learn that there's more going on underneath the surface that we should know. And they're trying to figure out what their parents aren't telling them. Immediately afterward, they hear screaming. They run after whoever's in trouble and they try to help them. And it is revealed that the Heartless are ransacking the city. And that nobodies are also ransacking the city. And this time, they're working together. They've never done that before. They even see an Unversed in the distance. Something that most Kingdom Hearts fans will miss. These CG darkness creatures are going to be more terrifying than their Disney counterpart. And they are going to be creepy shadows and terrifying glimmers of light. And the Unversed are going to look more like suits than shadows or, or silver they're gonna look more suit like like they're wearing armor the final fantasy s characters are gonna be running away from all this and they are going to see these monsters and try to run from them but in the moment suddenly all three of our heroes have mystical swords that appear in their hands key blades giant keys with magical powers brins will be filled with magic and they'll have more of a ranged capability, shooting these magical spells out of them. Ashes will be a shield, and they'll protect the people running away. And Gale's will be a sword. And you know what? Fuck it. It's got a gun on it, because she's Squall's kid. She's got a revolver sword keyblade, the most ridiculous of weapons ever constructed. The three of them are going to fight off the Heartless, and the Heartless and Nobodies and Unversed will vanish terrified only by their keyblades and nothing else around them no weapon stops them other than these three afterward to move it along i think the cops should show up and be confused the city guard of radiant garden should show up and arrest them for causing all this trouble as persons of interest they're going to be sitting in their cages and then they're going to be bailed out by none other than squall and renoa the keyblades in each of the kids hands will vanish and squall and renoa will Pull them out of the police station. They're going to ask them what they did, why they did this, what was going on. And the kids are going to ask these two what the hell is going on and what's up with the Heartless and the Darkness and the Nobodies and the Unversed and all these horrifying things. After this, the parents are going to be apprehensive and not want to talk to them. And they're going to say, all right, we need to go to the Restoration Club. And they said, we haven't been there in a long time. And they say, well, we have to do it. They are then brought to the exact same base that Sora went in in Kingdom Hearts 2, the Restoration Committee base, where the Tron computer is and all that crazy shit. And they're going to bring them in and sit them down and try to explain around the table where the Ansem painting is and all the stuff, the Scientific Research Center where Ansem did all his Heartless research. And they're going to try to explain what's going on. In the process of explaining, they are attacked. All the Final Fantasy characters try to fight the Heartless, but it's difficult because they do not have Keyblades and they can do damage to them, but it's not as strong as it could be. The kids pulling out Keyblades shock the parents and they realize, oh my god, you have Keyblades. They try to get the kids out of there and one by one they are each defeated by the Heartless and the Nobodies, turned into various monsters. In the end, Squall barricades the door as the three kids are holding back, Squall and Cloud. Cloud is behind the door as he fights off the Heartless, but they take him out. Leon then shuts the door and looks at them and says that these are stronger than they've ever been. You need to escape this world. There's a ship out in the back. Get in the ship, ask it to take you to the Keyblade Masters. Once they do that, Leon shuts the door and he says, go. Renoa speaks to her daughter one last time and tells her, we're going to hold them back and you're going to go. You're going to find other people like you with weapons like yours. They'll teach you how to use your weapons and what to do, and you will save the world. After which, the Heartless will push through and she will fight back against them and they will, the three of them, run away into the night to get aboard their ship. The ship they find will obviously be the Gummy Ship, because why not? They're going to get in this ridiculous looking childlike ship and fly away from the world from then on it's going to be your pretty standard tv show every episode is going to take place in a different disney world where things are slightly more realistic and slightly more over the top it's the next generation of each story so you're going to get aladdin but like aladdin and jasmine's kids if you really wanted to you could tie this into shitty live-action disney i would say no don't do that but I can guarantee that Disney's going to do that stupid shit. But maybe this will make it all good. You would get Maleficent played by Angelina Jolie, and she would be the Maleficent from Kingdom Hearts, which is like super dark Maleficent, like, mastermind. That could be pretty fucking cool. Actually, I'm going to add, um, Ash likes the fighting more than everyone else, and he's going to see an image of Maleficent played by Angelina Jolie for a split second. But every week, they're going to go on adventures together. We're not going to have a Donald and Goofy-esque sidekick bullshit. It's going to be three Final Fantasy characters exploring these bizarre Disney worlds. And the fun of it is going to be that you know what's going on in the Disney world, but they don't. And then you are surprised because the Disney world isn't what you expected. Because this is like 20 years later. So this is to really sell this show. Here's the movie pitch I have for you. I'm gonna make it up on the spot. Have you ever heard of Kingdom Hearts? Isn't that the most complicated story ever made? Isn't that overly confusing? Well, I found a way to make it into a live action TV show that doesn't suck. (laughs) Ha ha ha, that's ridiculous, why would I do that? What if there was a TV show where three late teens, early 20s friends from the Final Fantasy universe, the children of Final Fantasy characters that people have been shipping for generations and arguing about, these three kids are gonna be exploring the future of Disney properties. So what happens to Aladdin 20 years later? What happens to Beauty and the Beast 20 years later? And if you really want me to do it, we could tie it into live-action Disney. And we can redeem live-action Disney by turning it into Kingdom Hearts. They would say, that's interesting. We're not allowed to touch Kingdom Hearts in any way. And then I'd have to go pitch this to Namora, And I'd say, Namora, what did you, th- what do you think about me taking the thing you love and recreating it in live-action and going to all the Disney worlds 20 years later? He's probably going to be against it and throw me out. But just imagine a world where this all came true. This is what that show would be. I actually think this would be a really, really good show, now that I'm thinking about it. You know, when I first started this idea, I was like, "Oh, there's no way I'm gonna be able to figure this out. But no, I actually really like this idea now. I actually love these characters. There's so much room. I might write the whole fucking thing right now, because I basically just did. Holy shit, all I gotta do is listen back to this, and then I can immediately sit down and just write the script for this. Holy shit, I can't believe I did it. Wow. That was the secret. The secret to figuring out Kingdom Hearts was to go even deeper to the Final Fantasy side. So yeah, to run it all by one more time, Gale, Ash, and Bryn are the children of the Final Fantasy characters who all grew up in Radiant Garden, the city that the Final Fantasy people have rebuilt. After 20 years... The Heartless and the Nobodies and the Unversed have been gone, hiding in the shadows. But now they've returned to eat all of life again. Somehow now, they are stronger than they've ever been. The three heroes, now armed with Keyblades, unaware of the significance of the power that they hold, must now travel across the apocalyptic 20 year later versions of all Disney futures to find the Keyblade Masters of old, the seven heroes from Kingdom Hearts 3. Throughout their journeys, we're gonna meet the children of various Disney characters and they are going to explore the Disney universe. I think it's gonna be fucking awesome. This is so good. This might be one of those ones where I go back and I write them all. You know, Talking at No One may be the weirdest one of all my, you know, segments on this channel, all these different podcasts, because this podcast is just a variety where I do like three different podcasts at once. But this may be the best one of all three, because it allows me to come up with these ideas that are insane and just make them. So keep an eye out. Next week, you're going to see the actual narrative story of what I just came up with, the finished version. And then the week after, Scott and I are going to try to write Star Trek together. Down the line, I think I might write this story again and write more. Because this is a really good idea. And I think it might even be more developed than the... uh, It might have more potential than the Avatar story. So, keep an eye out. Give YouTube and Apple a reach around. And as always, thanks for listening. Bye.